Welcome to the Shift Spotlight Podcast. I'm Winter, your host and co-founder of The Shift Spot. We are business transformational experts that help business owners and CEOs shift from working in the business to working on the business. My partner, Ken Paskins, and I specialize in helping visionaries achieve breakout results and scale with ease. We say here at the Shift Spot, shift happens, and we believe our knowledge, skill set, and support will help you design your business to give you the freedom and balance you deserve. Also, the Shift Spotlight is always looking for podcast guests, so go to theshiftspot.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. Hey, this is Winter with The Shift Spot, and today we are here with Lee Feldman. He is CEO of Bishop's Cut Shop. Is that how it is? Cut Shop? Uh, cuts and Color. Cuts and Color. Bishop's Cuts and Color, which, as you can see by this amazing background, um, looks like a lot of cool stuff is going on there. Um, and and actually, my hair color is natural. Just so you know, everybody always asks me, is it natural? Yes, it is. Um, no, I'm kidding. But let's start out with a little bit of fun. Welcome to the show, Lee. Um, tell us an interesting fact about you that most people don't know. Well, first, I want to say your hair does look amazing. And thank you so much for having me on the show. My hair is naturally losing uh, from my head. So I'm jealous of not only the hair you have and the hair color you have, but the fact that you still have hair. Uh, as far as an interesting fact about myself, uh, I was at one time an internationally traveling tour DJ for a boy band. I don't want to say which boy cool. band. I guess you'll have to find me on LinkedIn to discover that or reach out. You can find me at Lee, L-E-I-G-H dot Feldman. That's F-E-L-D-M-A-N at bishops.co. And I'll tell you what boy band it was. Listen, I, guess, I bet you've got some great stories there. Oh, I do. I have many. I don't know how many I can share, but I'll share a few. Sure. There's an NDA involved. Well, <laughs> all right. Okay. At a high level, why don't you tell us what you do? Yeah, we're a franchise organization. So, you know, our job is to help owners bring to life the Bishop's brand in their markets. We create a safe space. Um, we are a welcoming hair shop. And I use the word hair shop specifically because we are a hybrid barbershop salon. Um, when I say welcoming, we welcome all types of people. We say we are tolerant unless you're intolerant. And we are based on gender neutral pricing, meaning that if you are a man or a woman or a child or however you identify, the pricing is the same. It's really about the services that you get and the hair on your head, or in my case, the soon-to-be lack of hair on your head. Uh, and the pricing, again, is uniform. So a short cut, long cut, buzz cut, no matter how you identify, whether you're a man or woman, it's going to be the same price. And we see that exist in this marketplace for hair and dry cleaning, where, you know, depending upon what you bring in and who you are, you might be charged a different price. That's right. So we founded this company in 2001, really to sort of break that mold provide salon level services at value chain or we believe appropriate pricing is for the market and really play in that middle and provide an ultimate experience for the clients that come and find us. Interesting. I, I like that concept. So what would a haircut cost? It depends on the market where you're at, but you'll see anywhere between sort of lower level markets at around $21 and higher level markets around 48 and so where are your 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 hottest markets? Like where do you have the yeah, most? Yeah, I love that you asked that. So we are in 40% of the country as far as wow. states. Um, we certainly have a strong foothold in the Pacific Northwest in the Bay Area. We were founded again in 2001 in Portland, Oregon, quickly expanded to Seattle, and then have grown into the Bay and Arizona and Texas and Colorado and Georgia and the Carolinas. And we are all over. Yes, we are in Atlanta. We're in the Chambly area. 
that's so fun. All right. Well, that's exciting. Um, I'll check it out. So how many employees do you have? I know a lot of what you do is like 1099, but, you know, in terms of like employees that help this machine run and help the expansion and all that, how, how many do you have? Yeah, we're actually W-2. That's one of the unique things. So at each franchise store, they're W-2 employees. Um, now with the NLRB and the Labor Review Board changing some of the rules in regards to how businesses can operate, some people are very excited to bring 1099 on. But on the corporate side, we are a pretty mighty and fierce team, including all of our vendors at around 38. So we do a pretty good job as a corporate organization, checking in, working with our owners, filling in on the support side, everything from legal to accounting to our art department, to video, to digital media and social media, to digital marketing on SEM pages, to IT on the hardware and software side. We really do bring a lot as a franchisor to support our owners, either with vendors or full-time employees or part-time employees that kind of take care of their needs. Right. That's awesome. So, you know, I did a little research on you and it looks like you've kind of grown within the company. So you've kind of grown with the company expanding. And so as you've scaled and as the company scaled, what challenges have taken you by surprise and how have you handled them? Well, uh, related to the growth, I think the opposite is there. Maybe the growing within the company is what's causing my hair to go away. And that's actually <laughs> what is the case of this. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. You start the company, you run the company, you own the company. Yeah. The stress of owning a company is going to make you lose your hair at some point in life. Well, it's either that or my four children, but I agree. But no, I think- Well, those will do it too. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely doing it. But the things that have certainly caught me by surprise is sort of the scalability in the model and how quickly we are able to support owners for what they need. I mean, we jokingly, not jokingly say, let us act as your aspirin. Tell us mm -hmm. what your headaches are and let us work to solve those situations. Sort of the work frame that I sort of operate from as far as a lens related to our owners is from stop, situation, target, opportunity, proposal. And probably the thing that catches me most by surprise is that what I believe might be a situation, an owner or a manager, an employee might interpret that differently. And so right. once we agree on what the situation is, then we can talk about the target, the opportunity, and come up with a proposal together. So I think yeah. that's probably the piece that I was most surprised by is you, of course, believe everyone has the same worldview. They approach yeah. each situation the same. And what you find is that's not necessarily the case. Right, right, right. Well, you were the former CMO, right? Correct. Yes. I started with the company about six years ago. And then you got promoted to this, you know, leadership role. I want you to think back then. Um, what resources do you wish you had when you were growing into that role? Because a lot of times companies promote within and it's, hey, you've been here. You're doing a good job. We think you do a good job here. And from what I gather, it sounds like you're doing an excellent job. But a lot of times these people get into these roles that rightfully their loyalty earned them, but maybe they didn't have that skill set or that knowledge to actually like execute. And so if you could go back to that time when you were growing into that role and all of a sudden you're doing this like drastically different job, what resources do you wish you had? Oh, that's a great question. It's actually one I have a conversation a lot of with related to owners and sort of employees. Um, you know, I think a lot of people that come into business certainly look at advanced degrees for business as a general piece related to right. an MBA. You have your sort of shotgun approach. And that's sort of where my background is as an MA in communications and understanding of business and entrepreneurship. But I wish I had had more of that sniper rifle approach, either in regards to legal with a JD or being a CPA and understanding sort of the financial accounting side related to franchise systems. So if I could go back in time, I might be more specialized. But I think part of the reason that I was able to step into this role is knowing 
a little about a lot of things. And right. as long as you have that exposure again to the finance or the legal or the art direction or client acquisition costs, you can sort of start to learn more and trust your team and figure mm -hmm. out the things you need to figure out as sort of a person in that umbrella role that oversees multiple departments. But I do wish I had more specialty instead of the broader piece of this is how you run or operate or own a business and had more of the insight in regards to legal standing specific to state law and franchise, or maybe some of the CPA pieces in regards to P&L, cash dividends, some of the things that you can see, reserve debt, you know, some of the stuff that gets into the nitty gritty of setting our owners up for success on the business side. I now have right. learned that after the six years being at Bishops, but I wish uh, I had known a little more about that to have greater conversations and hit the ground running a little faster when yeah. I started. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of owners like we 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 screw up and and a lot of owners and operators, right? We screw up more. So it's easy to talk about all the things we've like just sucked at. You're like, oh, I sucked at this. I did that wrong. I could have done that better. But like, what's something that you did right? What did you do really, really well that you look back and you're like, man, I nailed that. And it could have been something you didn't intentionally mean to do. Yeah, I think it's really repositioning ourselves when I assumed this role as a franchisor that truly believes in the statement that so many franchisors make, and that's, we only do well if you do well. You know, our business right. is based on the store's numbers and royalty collection to then support them and increase their numbers. I think some of that is having a bucketed royalty system. So the better a store does and the less support they need from us, the less bandwidth they're taking from a team in regards to support, the less they're paying in royalties. Because right. owners are sort of saying to us, look, this is a well-oiled machine. I don't need you. Why am I paying this full amount? The money that I'm creating is just going in your pocket. What are you doing mm -hmm. for me? And right. I agree with that. So we are here yeah. to support those owners. We have a bucketed royalty system. We also are probably the least predatory franchise system that I know of. And we purposefully repositioned our contracts so that our FA, our franchise agreement, would match up with people's lease assignments or lease agreements so that at the end of the term, if they want to exit our system or sell or close or do anything, they could, mm -hmm. but most of our system, 75% 75 of our system has renewed their FA agreements to stay even longer than the mm -hmm. original terms because of all the support we're providing. So right. I think some of those things as far as repositioning us to actually be helpful is being seen by the network. And they mm -hmm. in turn are saying, the value you're providing as the franchisor is so great, I want to stay on. Again, there's other things as far as bringing new vendors, negotiated product discounts so they can increase their margins. But those are the things that I think we've done incredibly well where we've nailed it to say, let's approach this as a real partnership. We are working together because again, we only do well if you do well. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So what are the top things impacting your industry right now? Like it could be positive or negative. Yeah, I think ultimately you have the impacts of COVID still happening, whether people re-signed you know, predatory lease agreements um, where they could be removed from the business or they're staying on, you know, rent is being amortized. I mean, there's a number of things that could be happening on the lease side at the store level. You also have the impact of certain product vendors not being able to fulfill certain things. So we make sure that we work with vendors that can provide what is needed to actually perform services at the store mm -hmm. level. And then on the side that I'm most excited about is certainly the impact of AI as it impacts client acquisition costs, where owners mm -hmm. are able to reduce the margins that they're spending for getting a client in a chair. And there's a yeah. number of tools that we have at play that I think are going to make that easier for everyone. And then again, increase the margins that owners are seeing as far as profitability related to average unit volume. Yeah, yeah. So then 
you know, 2024 is coming up. We're, we're already there. I feel like 2023 just poofed and was gone. Um, what's your what's your goals? What's your vision for the company? Where are you taking it in 2024? Yeah, I mean, I, I we obviously care about and want to support and expand the footprints of the current stores that we have. You know, again, we're in 20 states. So we have a number of owners in the system that are getting ready to open additional locations. We have an owner in Seattle opening her fifth. We have a person that I spoke to today who's looking at real estate in the Southern California area to open an additional location. So making sure that our current stores in the system are doing as best as they can is certainly priority number one. And then priority number priority number two is finding new owner operators or just operators that want to provide a safe and creative space in their market to serve any of the people in their community and build the Bishop's brand with their reputation, their relationship, their name in their area. And so we're looking at expansion to a number of territories. When we did an analysis, we saw almost 1,800 territories where we believe bishops could be incredibly successful. So we're ultimately looking for new people to come and join our system and work as an owner. That's cool. So then I'm curious, where do you see yourself investing for resources for next year? Uh, certainly on a point of sale related to lowering costs for our owners, um, mm -hmm. related to integrated processing so that there are less fees. Again, more money staying in the store, less money going out. Um, and then the client acquisition side. I mean, this business truly is not rocket science. At the end of the day, you have service providers, you have stylists, barbers, cosmetologists that are behind the chair, and then you have clients in the chair. So if we can assist in getting people behind the chair from a recruitment side to help right. our owners have labor, that's great. And then if we can get clients in the chair to be serviced by those people that are being hired, then this is a well-oiled machine. Those are really the two things of focus. And from there, then we can take a look at the business at a store level lens and figure out how to increase margins on their P&L. Yeah. Well, it looks like they did a great job promoting you up to this role because you really seem to have like a passion behind it and understand and know what you're talking about. And that's, I think when you're running a franchise system, a lot of times the people who invested them, they just feel like, oh, I invested this, but I'm not really getting that support. I was just a number to them. I was, you know, just another business deal. And, you know, it sounds like you kind of provide a place where it goes deeper and it's more about the person behind the business instead of it just being about the business. Absolutely. I mean, again, we not jokingly say we want to act as your aspirin. I mean, we have one person on our system as an operator that had any knowledge of this vertical. She had worked mm -hmm. for another franchise organization that was focused on male grooming only and said, mm -hmm. I'm losing a majority of the market. I need something that makes sense for everyone. And she found bishops, everyone else, no knowledge of the vertical. And I think that's right. what makes us so attractive is that it's really a low tech entry space. You're talking about a point of sale system. Everything yeah. else is done for you. There's yeah. no real inventory carried. There's no A&R. Your labor mm -hmm. scales with the dollar earned because it's commission based. You are having your team bring their own tools and you really manage the manager. It's that executive model or semi-absentee model where you as an owner can talk to your manager who then talks to your team. And so a mm -hmm. lot of people are interested in that because they're either corporate refugees or they're trying to put money from their portfolio <laughs> in something, or they're really just trying to find supplemental income. And again, we really provide a lot of support to make sure that somebody can do this without having to have knowledge of this space and can do right. it easily again with the support that we provide as the franchisor. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, what would you love to leave our listeners with? And if yeah, somebody wants to reach you, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, I'd love for them to reach out. Of course, at 
most important part is to learn about what boy band I once DJed for, but you know, certainly <laughs> to learn more about bishops. Uh, mm -hmm. Bishops can be found at www.bishops. That's b i s h o p s dot c o. So again, bishops.co, and they can reach me directly at lee.feldman at bishops.co if they want to reach me by email. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. We really loved having you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. And thanks again to all your listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Shift Spotlight podcast. If you are a service-based business owner, CEO, founder, or co-founder with under 10 years of experience, and you are in the trenches of growing your idea or business, and want to bring your inspiring story of change, challenge, and success, all while promoting your business and gaining exposure with a remarkable and influential network, we are actively searching for podcast guests who can share their journey. Please visit theshiftspot.com forward slash podcast to apply today. And if you are a listener, I'd love to give a shout out to your business, to our entire audience for free. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow our newsletter by going to LinkedIn and searching The Shift Spot. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. We believe every person has a message that can positively impact the world, and we love our community who listens and shares our program. Together, we are empowering one another as shift leaders. Hit subscribe to be inspired and motivated. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you and your growing business. We will see you next time.